Welcome to the Power Hour on the topic, how can I find time for coaching? And let's hit the button. Welcome to the Power Hour, your hour where you can find out what is holding you back. Your hour where you can find things where you can be better. Your hour where you find new ways how you can lead your team to success. Or your hour where you can have a breakthrough and do things totally differently. This is your power hour with me. I am Coach Colin and I am the skipper on your journey in mastering your leadership. So let's get started. So how can I find time for coaching? That is the topic of our Power Hour today. And I'm quite sure many of you are quite eager to understand how can how they can find their time in this very busy schedule that everybody's having now in the days. And while other people are logging on, I will, of course, continue here. And um, as you know, from the settings and from the house rules, everybody is muted. And of course, you can write questions into the chat window. Um, you can even mail me questions before, which I will pick up during the power hour. And for that, a special shout out to Andrew from the UK, who sent in some comments and elaborated on his experience around coaching, which is terrific. Thank you very much. And without further ado, we're going to jump in right into a question, which you, uh, for you who have been here on a power hour before, know how that works, because... Here's a question on the screen, and then you can answer the question in the chat while I copy your answers from the chat onto the screen so that we can, everybody can see the answers. And the question that we're going to hit here right at the beginning is, as a manager in sales, where do you see your highest value and contribution? Think about this for a moment. As a manager in sales, where do you see your highest value or contribution? You can write the answers into the chat window and I will copy them across so that we can have them here and everybody can see what the answers are here from all the participants, from people in Argentina, in Brazil, in the UK, all the way on the other side into uh, India and China as well. So write your answer into the into the chat window around as a manager in sales, where do you see your highest contribution or value? Let's see what you can find and I will copy the answers. And here we have the first one driving the team into a positive direction. Very good answer, yes. And I'll copy that here. Developer, developer strategy is the next one. 
And as you see, I don't copy who's been posting it. So um, this is a very, very neutral discussion. Some topics that we put here. Um, leading by example is one. Terrific. And I'll just put it in here as it comes along. And there is a next one. Maximize your resources by making every salesman the best he can be. Exactly. I think you should take over the power hour and we can listen to you how you actually do that. Um, in motivating the team. Yes. And it looks like you're all very well onto a journey in being very great leaders and coaches within um, your sales team, which is terrific. Which means that whatever we're saying here is, of course, falling onto positive ground, which is no surprise because we've been doing this for a while. So here we've got the answers. Some of them were driving the team towards positive direction, develop a strategy, leading by example, maximizing your resources by making every salesman the best he can be, and in motivating in the motivation of the team. Terrific. And I'm not quite sure why you actually found this topic interesting when it is about finding your time. Now, it could be for instance, that, um, you know, you look at your daily to-do list and your daily to-do list is quite, quite long already. And you feel like, oh, how am I going to find time to do coaching? And actually, the thing is that perhaps you don't even see the effect of coaching because there's so many other things to do at the end of the week when you've got two hours to spare. What else are you going to do? And in fact, when you do statistics and interviews and you ask manage managers, you find that 23% of the managers think that there's really no value um, in coaching. They don't see the effect. And perhaps that is what something we have to, th to think about is where can we see the effect of coaching so that you can actually appreciate the value on it. It could also be that you're thinking along those lines that, you know, you would like to coach but then, my goodness, the calendar, the agenda, there's so many things going on and it's really hard to squeeze it in to, to, I mean, your week is already fully booked until Friday and I'm quite sure next week is not really any better. I'm not quite sure about the week after. Um, and that is really another, another answer that managers give. And here they would answer in 26% say, you know what, I don't really have enough time to do coaching. And then there's a third group and that group is actually larger because they actually prefer still to do operational meetings. And they say, you know, operational meetings, they're much more effective because I can, I can tell people what to do. I can share the priorities and the communication is much more effective. And, and this way, coaching, I mean, they're actually hiding more behind operational meetings because 47% of the managers actually committed, and these are general figures, they're not, not relating to us, but general figures, and 47% of the managers actually admitted they were not quite sure how to do coaching. And that is why we've put on this series to see how these things can move on. Because that is quite quite important for all of us because, because we would like to know, of course, well, what is really the benefit? And I'm quite sure that you have come to the right place 
um, if you would want to understand how to prioritize what to focus on first, and if you had that priority for yourself, I'm quite sure you would feel easy about it. And if you could feel, you know, if you could feel at ease with the time you invested in coaching because you actually would see the benefits, then of course there would be improvements and you could convince yourself that coaching really works. And the question in the end is perhaps how much time could you save in your daily work if you could trust the people to do what they should do and get indication from them that that they're actually they're actually sharing what they're doing and they're they're telling you where they are without you having to follow up in meetings all the time wouldn't that be great and these are the things what we're going to talk about today because because in fact we've got a couple of topics lined up for here to today and the first topic that we're going to address today when it's a question about how can i find time to coaching is what do you really value and focus on let's be crystal clear what you know our role is as a manager and secondly we will look to see as to how do best performing sales managers differ and this might also set a little priority of where do you focus on and we also have a look into how can um, how you can change and create a new balance to focus on the things that really teach and really bring the value to your team and in the end um, how to get started i will share to you a, a four-week start checklist so that you can hit the road running and really get into coaching and all these topics i mean these are these are quite important because when you start researching information around coaching you suddenly realize and you ask managers well where do you spend most of your time this is quite amazing because 80 38 percent typically of the time of a manager is spent in meetings and that is only just a little larger than the second largest time spend which is desktop work and that means already more than two-thirds of the work of a normal manager is spent in meetings and behind the desk and then you start to scratch your head and say well wait a second where is the time going to come from between coaching and motivating the people and following up and making them accountable and reporting and administration and internal meetings and recruiting new staff and getting involved in the sales process you know we're all looking for efficiency and and looking for efficiency is actually like looking in a haystack and it feels like all of us were looking at the same time and i wonder how efficient we can really be if we're all looking for the same thing so we have to share these things a little bit around and that is why we can start with um, with the next proverb you could say and and to have a look at the difference between management and leadership and again i don't want to draw the line between good managers and bad managers no this is this is about the principle between management because management focuses on the optimization of the available resources and the resources that i'm talking about here they could be anything they could be machines as much as they could be people or departments and services but then when you look at leadership it's about getting the people to achieve common goals so let's have a look in detail what is really behind those two tasks 
the management tasks and the leadership tasks. Typically, management tasks, and this goes for project manager, for a team leader, for, um, well, a sales manager, just the same. One of the one of first manager's tasks and management tasks that you want to master is, of course, analyzing the current situation and drawing conclusions. And you can get that from data. You can get that from dashboards. You can find even consultants and assistants who can get you the data um, that you need so that you can draw conclusions. The next thing that typically happens as a management task is that you're planning the actions and the resources so that you know when which resources are going to be used so that you can make sure that there is no conflict between the prioritization of the resources. And then you typically control the execution, meaning the governance of the actions, that everything is done correctly. And finally, you, um, you then go ahead and you measure the impact of the respected actions in relationship to the results. And when you look at these things, you suddenly realize, yes, there are a lot of things that you can you can delegate, you can automate, you can find it on dashboards at the click of their fingertip. So what we're really focusing on much more is, is the other side, is leadership. And that is where a lot of the communication comes in and communicating the common goals. It's about deciding on the, on the current strategy because as a leader, you choose where your resources are going to be used and how you prioritize those resources and where you put more of your resources. Which means that when you have decided on where the resources go, which is one of the key activities that we're doing because we're choosing where our sales resources are going to spend most of their time, we're helping them prioritize. And then we help to coach them so that they act in line with our strategy. And finally, we, um, we then follow up on their achievements to see what has really been done and whether the, whether the actions are in line with our strategy. And whether you tend to be more on the left-hand side when it's about management tasks, or on the right-hand side when it's about leadership tasks, actually it all depends on what you, dis what you feel is important to you. Because by doing something important, it is the act of engaging in a task that is of great significance or value to yourself. And that is where typically we put our time. And it doesn't mean that because we value and we find that this is of great significance and we value this task, it doesn't mean that this is really effective. And that is what we're going to look into in a little more in detail now because we would like to see in the next uh, couple of minutes what is then really the the effectiveness that we would like to have as a sales leader because just because we learned something during our careers in the past or just because you know our previous manager taught us something it doesn't mean that this is really right. It doesn't mean that it's effective. We value it, yes, based on our previous experience, but as a, a modern leader, we have to challenge ourselves all the time to see, well, is our way of thinking, is our framework, is our set of values, is that really optimal to move forward? And let's face it, we've all had 
memories. We've all had experiences and some of the some of the experiences that might be quite dramatic because they could be in the line of, well, when did you get into trouble? Under which conditions did you get into trouble? When even when when you were a salesperson, when was the worst day when you met a customer? It could be that you were to talk about a price increase. It could be that you were you had to talk about a delivery that was being delayed. It could be that you were going to see a customer because the quality wasn't good and you know how that felt. And these are things that we we find are of very great significance and we value because they are attached to a memory, to an experience that we've had in the past. And how that influences our role as a manager, I'm just going to share with you in a very short story because I was meeting a friend just a couple of weeks ago and he's a sales manager and um, we were having a cup of coffee downtown and and he said, well, I asked him how things are going. And uh, he said, well, things are quite fine. I've only got one, this, this one sales guy. He seems to be so shy. And I said, what do you mean he's shy? Yeah, you know, when he's, when he's with customers, he doesn't really express everything and he doesn't really stand up towards the customer and make the point. And I said, well, well, that can happen and I understand your concern. Tell me, tell me the situation when you last noticed that. And he said he was doing a ride along and they were going to visit one of the important accounts. And this sales um, person, we'll talk, call him John. Um, John he was riding along, of course, with his manager and they were set, they were going to visit a customer where they'd already set up the meeting. And, and of course, the customer turned to, to my friend and they had a discussion about how the business went and how they could serve them in a little better way. And, and John, he said, John was sitting here next to me and he was actually quiet. He wasn't chipping in. And I was really concerned whether I have made the right choice with John for the future because we want to grow business with this customer. And he was explaining a little how John was was um, behaving in front of the customer. And then, then after a while, I asked my friend, I said, well, how do you feel when you go out and visit this customer together with John? And uh, my friend said, oh, this is great. I get to visit my customers again. And it, it feels like I'm, I'm really contributing to something. I'm out there. I can, I can sell something. I can talk to customers. I really feel great. And then I said, well, if you're feeling great in front of the customer and you like talking to them and driving the business, how do you think John feels next to you? And that's why I could hear on the other side of the line, there was a pause and I could hear the penny dropped. And just because we feel something is of great significance and we value it, we have to ask ourselves every time, is this really the right thing that we need to do? So looking forward, that is what we're going to have a look here in greater detail, because I would like to take you on a little journey to think about, well, what is it really we're spending time on? And for that here, we have, when it comes to the sales manager's perspective, here are a number of tasks that typically are related to the sales manager and his sales team. And here you have got tasks here. There are four lines here. And the first line is about the customer's facing activities um, where, and then we've got non-sales related activities with the rep. So there's the manager and his uh, direct report. 
Then there is non-rep activities, meaning meaning uh, where the salesperson goes directly to um, to the customer. And then we've got um, the manager himself visiting the customer, but not together with the salesperson. And then you can see different types of activities here, like there are pre-sales activities, there are sales activities, there are post-sales activities, and different people doing these activities. And you can ask yourself, if you are a sales manager now, driving a sales team, where do you think it is most effective to support your team? So that you drive sales, so that you're more, um, more, prefer uh, more, more professional and more um, leveraging on your team. And when you do these types of surveys, you then realize that there's actually quite a difference between where the sales manager spends time and where really top sales managers spends time. And this is information, again, it's general information, so I'm not, not criticizing any, anybody of you. I'm offering this information so that you can think about, well, what is it I'm doing? And what is really happening here is that top sales managers, they spend their time on pre-sales activities, on activities um, within sales, facing the customer together with the rep, but also on activities without the sales representative. And what type of activities are we talking about then when we look at these? Well, the top sales managers, they spend time in these areas because, because they want to get involved in the initial presentation. They would get a, a feeling of what the customer is about. They would like to understand whether there is a, a good relationship between, between themselves as a supplier and, and the customer. And they also would like to then help at the end of the process to make sure that the deal is closed. So they're creating the opportunities based on their position and leverage and perhaps even respect within the sales process at the beginning so that the teams then have a smoother ride going forward. But other sales managers who are, who are not in this surveys are not considered to be top sales managers. They're focusing on something different. And as you can see here, they're focusing on uh, micromanaging sales activities and tracking on the governance of the sales activities. They are doing internal sales activities, they're following up on costs, they're doing pricing, they're getting involved in proposals. And then you suddenly realize, but wait a second, these are a lot of management activities. And that is quite true. So the more successful sales managers, they get involved in the um, early in the sales process and specifically in around leading the team. And this is what I'm going to show in the next diagram here, because now we're going to move to the other half of the tasks that you have as a sales manager, because there is, of course, a number of tasks that are related to sort of non-sales activities like people management and HR and self-development. And there you can see that there are quite a number of activities where the manager gets involved in the leadership activities. So it's around informal coaching and feedback. It's about dealing with cross-border teams. It's about developing the strategy to improve the territory coverage of the teams. Of the teams. It's about getting involved in the sales pipe and follow-up to make sure that there's a constant flow 
um, through the sales process and, of course, sales results and reporting. So what that really means then in detail is that the best sales managers, they spend their time on strategy planning, on developing their teams effectively, and that is no surprise, coaching and monitoring their people and mentoring, sorry, and mentoring the people. And those who are not so successful, they focus a lot on post-analyzing, on tracking and reporting activities. So summing this up, and you can take a screenshot of this one, the best sales managers, they focus more on getting involved in the initial presentation, in ensuring the deal closure to make sure it happens at the end, because that is where the most important time has been invested by the salespeople. They focus on developing the strategies, developing their teams, and coaching their people. So I will let this sink in for a moment because I would like to ask you a question now, again here in the live chat. Now that you have an idea where the best managers spend their time, perhaps we can have a reflection here in the chat around, well, how do you, how do you live up to that focus and balance today? Think about it. The best sales managers focus on getting involved in the initial presentation, ensuring the deal closer, developing the strategies, developing their teams and coaching their people. What do you think? If you wrote something into the chat window, how much do you live up to that focus and balance today? Is that part of your priority? Do, would you like to do more of it? Are you perhaps more on the management side? And that is not a problem because that is why we're talking about these things today. So put it into a chat. Where do you think your balance is today? And I'll give you a tiny little piece of music to think about it. Write it into your chat. And as the answers come in, I will put them into the chat, put them onto the screen. And here's the first one. Let's switch off the music. I understand the prof customer profile, their needs. Great. Knowingly and unknowingly, more focus on the operational activities. Thank you for a very honest answer here. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. That is why, of course, we're doing these things. And here's another very honest answer. Um, it says, I totally agree. I need to focus more on the deal closer. And here's another comment. Let me just paste that in. And make it readable for everybody. You just have to shrink it in size here. And um, oops, where did it go? And it says, I do a lot of the initial presentations with the sales guys before customer visit and during the visit. However, I don't tend to help on closing. And here's another insight. I need to spend more time on coaching. 
And that is exactly what we're going to help to look at right now. The question is, well, to be able to do more of the things that are really essential, it is a question of creating new balance. Because we want to create a balance um, so that we, um, well, we knowingly or unknowingly focus a lot of on the operational activities and want to see how we can change that balance. I need to focus more on the deal closer, which means, again, I need to find a little more time on that. I um, I do a lot of initial presentations and and the customer visit. I need to focus more on the closing. I need to spend more time on coaching. So the question is, how can we create a new balance and find a new optimum to achieve your goals? And... Perhaps you have an idea. How can you create a new balance of focus and time? Let's be creative here. And um, perhaps you can put it here into your into your thought process. Into your thought process. Or even here on the screen. How do you create a new balance? Do you have an idea? It's easier said than done. But seriously, I mean, how do we create a new balance? What would you say? Put it into the chat window and I'll just copy it over. How could we create a new balance? Prioritize activities. Yes. That is one day one way of doing it. Exactly. Putting things into the calendar, right? Planning my time on productive work on priority. Yes. And here's another one. Measure the time spent. If you want to reprioritize exactly self-assessment. If you want to reprioritize, why not start measuring where you actually do spend your time? Here's an interesting comment. I like this one a lot as well. Share responsibility with the sales guy and review and reflect what we do. Yes. Before to take action, plan to do it first. You have it. Focusing on important things. Correct. You have a lot of great ideas here, and I'll put them into the chat window as we go along. There we are. So what can we do to create a new balance of focus and time? Prioritize the activities. Plan my time on productive uh, work and priority, measure the time spent, self-assessment, share responsibility with the sales guys and review and reflect on what we do. Exactly. Before action, have plan how to do first. Focusing on important things. And one last one I'm going to copy over here. It says, plan the tentative time can be spent for the desired state or business. Exactly. 
you can set amounts of time that you can that you would like to invest on these things and this is actually quite amazing um that is actually one of the keys to where you want to go but before we go ahead i'm going to share with you something that is perhaps the key for you right now to get started because if you want to do these types of things and you want to find more time for coaching I do understand that right from right from the beginning if you say I want to do more coaching next week actually it's not going to work and that is why I'm going to share with you um, a very easy four-week countdown so that you can get started with coaching and the reason why why this really is such of such of great value is that we all want to make it happen and we all understand that we have to plan for it but in fact you know when we look at our schedules we don't really find the time we don't really find the initiative to do it right now because our our schedule and our agenda is so full of urgent things right now and if we want to put something important we rarely find the 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 feeling that this is of importance and value right now so timing becomes very important but unfortunately when the opportunity comes coach wooden said it is too late too late to prepare so we want to we want to be ahead of our game and that means that the first thing i would want to do is that i would want to actually announce to my team like four weeks in ahead that we are going to do coaching we're going to look at coaching i'm going to introduce coaching or i'm going to do more coaching i'm going to do regular coaching whatever the difference is that you are but you take a four-week notice to your team and say this is going to happen and what you have to do right now is put it already in your own personal calendar you schedule it you choose the day when it is going to happen which means that like on fridays every friday you're going to do one coaching session which means from four weeks from today every friday you're going to do a coaching session which means one month rolling you will have four if you've got six people then of course you're going to take a second coaching session every other friday so that you can roll over every month because experience has showed that if you do a coaching session every month you give your people enough time in between to get settled to do the actions they have committed to to find an opportunity when they can do the next action so giving it a four-week schedule is important but also giving it a four-week notice is important for you because i'm quite sure in four weeks from today in four weeks from today there is space in your schedule i'm quite sure you can fit it in and if it's not a friday perhaps a thursday might be a good day but you announce your team today you're going to do it and you put the time you're going to need for it you're going to put it into your agenda right now you fix it put it in there in your lotus notes calendar as your own time and you fix you fix slots of two hours and i will come back to that why that is important but you fix slots for every coaching session for two hours then three weeks down you schedule the two hours interval because you don't want to schedule an hour typical routine type of meeting you like a like a normal operational meeting you want to schedule more time because you will need to prepare so a two-hour interval is going to be quite appropriate two weeks in you can send the invitation and if your team is very busy 
I'm quite okay if you adapt that schedule and already send invitations earlier. But normally, two weeks in, you could send them an invitation saying, in two weeks on Friday, we are going to have our coaching session. And you send them an official invite. And that means that you have a two-hour framework within your calendar. And within that two-hour framework, you invite them for one hour. And if you have two meetings, two coaching sessions rolling, you don't put them back to back. You put them at a two-hour gap. One week in, and this is very important, you prepare your own notepad. Because a coach always prepares. You prepare what you want to coach on. You prepare what the what the um, you review the notes from the large last coaching session. You perhaps pick up on something that the person had committed on the last time. Now, of course, this is not going to work within the first coaching session, but you will regularly take notes after the coaching session about what was important, what was said what was the commitment so that you have notes you can review for the next time. And this is a one-on-one, one-to-one coaching session, um, which was here just asked in, in the meeting. And then every week, and this is important, you edit the personal invite. The invite that you sent out to the person, every week you edit it because you can edit it concerning the topic they had committed to do a change on, you can, you can edit the topic concerning the subjects you are working on and following up in these coaching sessions so that every time the person is something up to date and you know current to refer to, which is in the invitation. And this only takes two lines in that invite, but it gives them and gives you the certainty what was really the topic about. So yet you don't feel sort of totally out of the blue and you're wondering, what are we going to talk about? And yes, if you do this four weeks ahead, I know you don't what you don't know what to talk about right now. And that is exactly what we're going to have in the next power hour in a week's time when we go and have a look to see well what type of coaching sessions, what type of coaching topics can you have? Because there is a difference between business coaching and life coaching because we all have a business result to follow up. So this is your very simple four-week countdown. You announce it to everybody four weeks down. You schedule it in your calendar in two weeks intervals so that you've got your time. You send an invite an hour um, for an hour one-on-one coaching and you can put instructions in that invite like, I will call you or you will open the online meeting or you will meet at a certain location, whatever it is, in which environment you want to do your coaching. Be sure that you take the coaching out of your office, out of the normal frame of meetings, play a little music. As I said, call them so that they feel more important, so that you will reach more the eye level um, rather than the manager and the direct report coaching here. Make sure you create change everything um, that it takes to to get out of that manager perception and if you're unsure what that really means check out on the last power hour that was exactly what we are talking about and specifically every week prepare yourself and edit the personal invite and 
At this point, I'm going to open up for some questions for you here in the chat, and you're welcome to even raise your microphone, activate your microphone. You can ask further questions how you would like to ask, how, to, how you would like to use this model, this four-step countdown procedure. You can ask questions around coaching or anything. Um, as I said, even around the course, manage your core business effectively. Anything goes. I'm going to activate the microphones right now. And if you want to unmute yourself, I will call up on you and we can have a little talk. And while you're thinking about what to ask, I'm always looking here at the chat window. Um, I'm looking in, I'm looking at some uh, questions I've already got at an earlier point. And somebody wrote in, actually, Andrew, again, a big shout out to Andrew for commenting here in a mail before the session. I really love that. And this is also a question that I got from another uh, corner as well. How do I coach people who don't get it? And I get this question a lot because as a manager, sometimes I would like to help people who, you know, they fall behind. And I would like to help the end of my, my team who are struggling, who have difficulties in following on the strategy or follow, following up on the goals. And sometimes as a manager, I get the idea that they are not getting it. And you have to ask your question. Are these people, they're not everybody in your team. They're only a few people in your team. Perhaps if you've got a team of 10, it might be one or two at the max. But you have to ask yourself, if before you engage in coaching someone, is this person coachable? Because if this person is not coachable, you're going to sort of spend a lot of time and effort trying to coach somebody who is internally, who is not willing to be coached, who is not accepting you as a coach, who is not accepting the goals or the strategy, whatever it is. And before you sort of spend your time in vain coaching somebody, ask yourself that question, is this person coachable? Because if this person isn't coachable, you have a different situation. Because coaching, and this is where you shouldn't get confused, coaching is not a nice way of giving feedback. If you make a conclusion that you say that this person is not coachable, as a manager, you're looking at a feedback situation. And you have to take other measures to understand, well, what is really going to happen here? Because it is like everything. I mean, you want to invest your time where you want to get the results out of your business. And if you think that your investment in time in coaching somebody is not going to get the result, then coaching is not the tool to use. Then it would be more about feedback. And here I have a comment um, in the chat, which I'm going to read out. Thank you very much. During coaching, it is most it is mostly leads to operational instead of strategy. How to overcome this, please? Yes, this is actually, it's going to be one of the major topics from our next Power Hour, but I'm going to address it just the same here because this comes very often. Um, first of all, we we tend to glide into operational questions instead of coaching because coaching the difference between coaching and discussing operational things is when we discuss operational things we're, oper we're discussing about 
the customer, the, the strategy, the actions. We're not talking about the person as such, their ability and their willingness to do certain things. And that's where the difference is, which means that we, we tend to glide into the operational discussions because it is safe. It is safe between you as a manager and your, your direct report because this is where you always have been discussing. And it feels a little weird, at the first time at least, when, when you say, yes, I'm going, to, I'm going to have a next customer meeting. And, and you know what? And in this training, we were talking about that you should be sharing your, your strategy that you're developing this customer. And, the, and your direct report says, yeah, I don't really want to share that strategy. I haven't thought it through yet. I don't think it's professional enough, so I don't want to show it to my customer this time. I would rather show it to the customer next time. And you're going like, but wait a second. If, if we don't show this, this um, our, our strategy and we don't open that up to our customer, we're going to lose time in this dialogue. And I remember one of the, um, and I think it was Carlos in Brazil who had a very great case around his final story where he shared his strategy as a supplier to one of the big um, purchasing directors at um, I think it was Mercedes-Benz and they loved it they opened up new plans for them because they they suddenly suddenly saw the ability that we had as a supplier to to their company and and you know that this is about the case and rather than discussing then well what should be in this in this strategy and, and what would you show then to the customer and how can we make it more substantial you would want to change the focus of, well, what are you afraid of? Which means that the focus moves from the, 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 the subject, the task, the, the, um, the plan, the action, whatever it is. It focuses on the person. And what is, what is it you are afraid of? What experience have you had in the past around sharing things with a customer? And that is where you then switch from coaching the topic to start coaching the person. We will talk about these things much more in detail in the next Power Hour. Um, around this question also comes when you glide into operational issues, it feels like the time sort of elapses and you, you, it's, it's hard to, to squeeze everything into one hour, especially when you glide into operational discussions. And that is okay. And there's, there's a trick out of experience, um, which which goes like this. You have scheduled an hour for your coaching, but you have reserved two hours in your schedule. Which means that if you take an operational discussion for 10 minutes, just because at the beginning you get into the flow of it, and that is where you usually go with your discussions, it doesn't matter. You haven't lost your 10 minutes. You can recap that time afterwards by going over. Because if you had a coaching session back to back, then you would be stressed in closing at time because you would be, you would be committed to calling the other uh, person for the next coaching session. But you're not stressed. And being stressed is a typical, I don't know, manager behavior or, or let me say the other way around. It's a typical behavior where the subordinate, where your direct report will recognize you as a manager. And if you've got two hours and you feel relaxed already, that will create a perception that is different in this conversation. So don't be worried if you take 10 minutes or 
when you realize you're going down the wrong path, you say, hey, I think we're going to discuss something on an operational level right now, which is great. I would like to do that. Let's put that into a separate meeting. You know, the typical tool of a parking lot, put it into a separate meeting and address it another time so that you keep your time on coaching and you focus on the person. And here's another comment. I find um, I find some people not always like change. Therefore, they won't like coaching. You need to get them to see the benefits from coaching. Maybe speak to a younger co-worker who does see the benefit. Absolutely. Great point. And behind here, you see that you need to choose where you want to invest your time with the coaching, which means that it's like with everything. It is like with your customers as well. You would want to choose where you invest your time. It is quite normal. And if you find that some people are more coachable, more easy to approach, and they are more willing to, to change and adapt, well, great. Let them. That's where you want to start. It's like with your customers. You're going to start with those customers where you believe you're going to have the quickest success because it will make you feel successful and it also will make the other person feel successful, which is exactly what this comment was about, so that then you create a trend within your organization that coaching actually helps. So I'm looking at my chat all the time. I'm looking at um, the participants. If there's anybody who would like to speak up, just unmute yourself. I will call you out. In the meantime, we can have a look here on what is happening further down the line within the power hours. Next week, we're going to talk about how can I observe my people and find a topic for coaching, which means that when you've started your four-week countdown, this is where we're going to have a look to see where you can find the topics. We also have another topic where... Uh, around the customer revelation meeting. Very interesting in the sales process. Then further down the line, how can I observe and address things that matter? I think you will find that one very beneficial before you get started with coaching. Or how can I coach for performance? This is going to be another great one. Before we round off, two more things. I would like you to think about now what you've seen and take one action for this week. If we think about where the priority is as a manager between management and leadership, if we think about where the best managers in sales are spending their time, right into the chat, what would it be the one thing that you would start doing this week? Let's share some sparks here, getting, getting to start moving. What would be the one action you will do that brings you forward on this topic? Let's see what you have and let's see what you dare to do, even if it takes, if it says like that, because every change is about doing a slightly thing differently. And of course, we are the ones who are leading, right? So we are the ones who are stepping forward. So which would be the one action you would take away from this power hour today moving forward? Write it into your chat. Let's see what we, what we have. And I have one here. Um, oops, that was the wrong. I have one here. It's um, turn off my phone. Um, and the next one, I um, I think that is also a good idea. 
Improving yourself is the first step before you go and improve anybody else. The first action, subscribe to an English course. Why not? What else could you take away from today's power hour? I should return my phone off during coaching. Great. Announce coaching in my team. I love that one. And be faithful. I'm here with you. I'm going to help you make sure that you find topics, that you move ahead on coaching with your team because the next coming Power Hours will be exactly around these issues. And another one here, start coach and not to be a sales manager. Very good insight. And we will have a next, on next Monday, we will have a greater um, dive into the different topics which you can pick up around coaching. Trigger point for each person. Yes, we will look into those as well for the next time. Which means that we will um, announce the coaching meetings, we'll just subscribe for an English course, turn off my phone during coaching, identify the the trigger point each person for motivating theme, start to be a coach, not a sales manager. These are excellent points. And I would like to sum this power hour up with a, a proverb which goes for coaching as well as for your, as managing your sales. And that is always think about managing your return of investment. Invest where you have the highest chance of gain in relation to your cost in time and effort. And this goes for coaching, this goes for customers, this goes for doing changes. It is always the same question, it's always the same challenge that you have right at the beginning. Invest where you have the highest chance of gain in relation to your cost in time and effort. That is where you want to think about. That is where you want to make your choices. And this goes for your week. And you made a great choice today. Thank you for joining. I hope you have a very profitable week. If you like, I'd love to see a copy, a blind copy of one of those mails going out to your teams. And be sure to register for next Monday for the next Power Hour, where we have a look to see, well, how do we really then find the topics for coaching my team? And this is going to be a very interesting power hour, like every power hour. At this point, I would like to say thank you for everybody in joining in. Thank you all the way to Argentina. Thank you all the way to Brazil, to to India and to the UK and to China. And everybody take care and have a great week. Thank you very much and see you in the next power hour. This was the power hour with me, Coach Colin, the skipper to your leadership. And if you found something interesting during this power hour, why not just go over and press like or even share it with one of your peers because we all want to be better and it is very rewarding to see other people getting better around us. And if you have any questions about this power hour or around leading your team to success, just private message me, text me, get in touch with me on Facebook or send me an email. Because always remember, I am Coach Colin and I am here to help you master your leadership.